Hello, everybody. Welcome to the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here for the next hour or so to talk USA Rugby. To get updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more, follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and other social media channels. Also, quick note, sponsor note, tonight's show is brought to you by Myoderm, a leader in CBD products. Save 20% on your order with discount code EAGLES at myoderm.com. That's M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com. Give them a visit. Helps us out quite a bit keeping these shows going. I'm Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, host of the Eagle-Eyed Rugby Podcast, and my co-host, John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning, unfortunately, cannot make it tonight. Um, he's a bit ill under the weather, and he's home alone with his two kids, or also just under the weather as well. So I gave him the night off, um, unpaid, but uh, that's just how we roll here. But uh, he'll be good soon. We'll be back next week. Uh, before we get to our first guest, just some quick news. Uh, USA Men's Falcons in Uruguay uh, against Argentina 15 yesterday. Results were not what any of us were hoping for, an 81-21 loss. That's a tough one to take for any team. Not a bad first half, it just fell apart in the second half. Um, and then Friday coming up, the other USA Falcons teams, team down in South Africa will face the Airlink Pumas, 7.45 a.m. Eastern time, and you can watch that game on Flow Rugby. Hopefully they can bounce back from last week's loss to the Cheetahs. And then Saturday, of course, the big match is USA versus Canada in the Rugby World Cup down in New Zealand. Pretty much a must-win situation. That game's on at 10.15 p.m. on Peacock on Saturday, uh, and then replay on Sunday morning on CNBC at 11.30 a.m. Uh, great opportunity for anyone to watch um, rugby here in the country on you know cable, especially the women's game. Also, lastly, world rugby rankings came out this week. A USA men stayed at 19, and the USA women remain at six as well. And the Fiji women made a big move up five spots to number 16. That's it for that. Let's get right into it. First guest is with us. She's dialing in, or I guess, interneting in, I guess, all the way from New Zealand. It's USA Lock Jenny Cronish. Jenny, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on here. Um, busy week. Actually, before we get to the busy week thing, have you had any meat pies lately? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I feel like that has made bigger headlines than the rugby so far. Um, yeah, I I love the meat pies here. They are great. And I am now the proud owner of five issues of the New Zealand Herald with my face plastered on the front page holding a meat pie. <laughs> that was an awesome photo, just you with this pie in front of your face. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good. So good. I, I did read also that that company, that, that cafe, typically sells like 100 to 120 pies in the winter, maybe double that in the summer. You guys bought almost 100 in that one sitting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the cafe, a few girls had been there during the pack four when we were here in June. Yeah, uh, small little hole in the wall right by the field that we trained at. And yeah, I'm pretty sure um, it's a good thing we gave them a heads up because we definitely sold the place out. <laughs> yeah, they said they brought in some extra help. So that's good. That, that's awesome for the small businesses, too. I mean, that was, that's amazing. Yeah, anyone, it, meat pie is great for uh, getting ready for a rugby World Cup game, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah, it has, it has the perfect nutritional values and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Before we continue on, uh, listeners uh, in right now, uh, we'd love to have you come up and ask questions. Uh, to do so, you just on the bottom left, you see the little microphone and request to talk, and we'll get you up here as soon as possible. You can ask Jenny or myself a question or comment. Uh, love to have you up here. Uh, let's get right into it, Jenny. Let's talk about the reason why you're down in New Zealand. Let's talk about the World Cup. And let's just go back a week. Let's talk about the briefly the negative with the Italy. You know, team confidence must have been riding high going into that match. You know, we all thought, and you did as well, that it's a definitely a game you could have won. But what was the mindset leaving the pitch that day? I mean, was it 
tough at first to keep your heads up, you know, knowing that you're still not out of it, obviously, after that game, but losing that first match, you know, how was that? How were you guys after that match? Yeah, I mean, it was certainly tough. I think, you know, you said it. We we had all been going into that game, obviously hoping to come out with a better result. Showing up at the World Cup has been, you know, two, three, four, and five years because of COVID of mm-hmm. really prepping, people making so many sacrifices, playing overseas, doing everything they can to, you know, be able to do the jersey proud and to come out of the first match not as we had hoped was um, certainly upsetting, disappointing for us, but that's, you know, that's the nature of the tournament. And I think we allowed ourselves the appropriate amount of time to, um, to be upset and to kind of dwell on that. But you can't, you know, as, as anyone listening or anyone who's played any sports would know, you can't really linger on that or you're going to do the same thing again. So I think luckily um, we were able to, to turn that disappointment into a fire to get ready against another tough side, Japan. And, you know, luckily we were able to, to come out of that one feeling better. And what was that? What was that down period like for you? I mean, obviously that evening was tough for you as a team, but was it pretty much next morning? Let's go. That team's that game's behind us. You know, Rob's got a game plan. Let's get out to the pitch and, and work on that next match. Um, I mean, to some extent, yeah. I I think I would be doing a disservice to everyone if I said you know we were able to just kind of turn it off immediately and move on. It's it's hard. I think you know, as I mentioned, so many people have sacrificed so much to be where we are. Um, and then to to put out a performance that we weren't necessarily proud of was was really hard to swallow um, for everyone. And you know, we we I said we gave the appropriate amount of time. We obviously had that night, and then an off day the next day. And then I think by the time everyone came back in on the next Tuesday morning, it was like, all right, you know, let's, yeah. let's switch this around now because there's no time to waste. You know, quick week. Yeah, and talk about switching things around. You definitely did that against Japan. Uh, very nice 30 to 17 win. Uh, now I know you only played a couple minutes in that match, but standing on the sidelines, um, you know, what did you see that was the difference in the way that your team played compared to the Italy match? We just played the way that we wanted to play. Um, you know, I think being the U S team, we want to play really fast and physical um, as well as, you know, having the ball skills. And I think we were certainly much better than how we played in the Italy game. We did silly mistakes. We didn't execute our game plan of moving the ball wide. Italy pretty much showed us the exact pictures that we were expecting and we, um, we couldn't go through with it. And then I think to the counterpoint in the Japan game, uh, you know, Japan's a very quick, agile side, really mm-hmm. good in the rocks. Um, we had to really be on it with our breakdowns. They tackle low. We tried to get some offloads going, get more linkage. Um, and we just stuck to our game plan more. We knew that we were going to be of the bigger side physically. I think we showed that certainly in scrums and lineouts. Um, and we just watching it just felt like, okay, we're, we're starting to settle in. Maybe the initial game nerves are gone. And now we can just play the way we want to play. And was that it mostly? Was it the nerves, you know, or was it Japan playing up, uh, you know, playing tougher against it than you play against them? Because at halftime, obviously, you were down by a couple points. You know, what was there a message in the in the locker room from Rob that got you going? Um, yeah, I mean, I think between Rob and, you know, our attack and defense leaders, as well as captain, um, just, you know, coming into the locker room, obviously it wasn't the scoreline we had expected, but no one was panicking because we there was no sense of chaos or disorganization as there had been maybe feeling in the Italy game. This was much more of like, okay, we've, we've kind of lit the fuse. Now we really just need to get the burners going. 
Um, and we knew that there was plenty of time to make that happen. So there was, there was no panic. And then I think we just came out in the second half knowing we had a job to do. Yeah. And, and talk about getting the job done, you know, looking at certain players like Kate obviously had another spectacular match player of the match game. Uh, Katie Benson earning her 30th uh, USA cap against it also, which is 11th player ever to do so in the women's side. Uh, Rogers, another one of them, but Alev Kelter seemed to really step out uh, amongst everybody moving back to her, you know, her more comfortable position center. You know, talk about the impact that maybe Alev had in that game and Kate as well. Yeah, I mean, Alev's a firecracker. I think, you know, she's clearly just has deserved recognition across the whole women's game around the world. Um, and she's earned that for herself and for her team. So we just know we can rely on her to hit up really hard onto the ball. She will make something happen when she has the ball in hand. Um, and putting her back in a normal position within the centers, she was able to do that a little bit more in the Japan game opposed to the Italy game where she was back at 15. Um, but no, a bunch of people really stepped up. I mean, Janine as well, um, one of our wingers, oh, yeah. absolutely got the job done for us. Gabby Cantorna really held it together maybe in the first half when we were playing more defense than we wanted to. Um, and as you mentioned, for Benny, Katie Benson, to get her 30th cap was just its such a proud moment, and we were all so, so happy for her. She's been uh, one of the fund- fundamental members of the squad for a while, and so to be able to recognize a player for all the hard work they've put in um, is really special. And we've started doing something amongst the team now where, as you mentioned, it's, it's a bit difficult to get to 30 caps in the women's game just because we don't have as many matches as maybe some of the um, European countries where we just get like a baseball cap embroidered for someone's 30th and you hand it over to them just because that moment deserves to be recognized. So uh, everyone was really excited for her and nice that her parents could be out here to celebrate that as well. Any, any special celebration for her after the match? <laughs> yeah. I mean, normal, normal <laughs> stuff. We obviously can't get, can't get too crazy because yeah. we are in tournament, but um some people put together a special video of people giving her well wishes back home um, and just anything we can do to, to make not only her, but all the players here feel, you know, supported and appreciated from, from their family and friends back home is, is really important. Yeah. And, and let's talk about the end of the match, you know, um, obviously 180 from last week's match, the excitement at the end of the match looked amazing. Just the way the entire team reacted, you know, more than any just regular win, let's say, but, you know, talk about that 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 post match. You know, game's over and everyone just stormed the field. The crowd sounded loud too. You know, talk about that. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, that's a sense of deserved relief. Um, yeah. In the way that you know, as I as I said in the Italy game, we it, it, there's so many years building up to this moment, and then to not be able to enjoy it in the first game, we were building even more to the second game. And so then when the final whistle blew, just that euphoric feeling of like, okay, we're here. We're, you know, we're playing the way we want to play. We won. And to credit, so many U.S. fans have made the trip over here. Parents, friends, uh, partners, so many people out here supporting us. So, yeah, it was loud. And um, it was just a very special feeling. No no win, no points, no, uh, no time putting on the jersey is ever taken for granted, particularly on a stage like this. So I think to get that win and be able to celebrate it with so many fans was really special. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to Canada now. Um, you know what? You know what did you or the team take away from that match uh, against Japan that you could carry over to this Canadian match? Yeah, our our old foes, Canada. We can't seem we can't seem to get away from them, even even halfway across the world. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I think we took a sense of confidence away from Japan and just a sense of comfort in knowing that if we play the way 
we want to play, we can achieve the things that we want to achieve. Um, so going into Canada, obviously an extremely different team from Japan, um, much bigger, much more physical. I think that's a really good match for us. They play a similar game to what we like to play. Um, and so just in preparing for that and thinking back on Japan, we, we can't dwell on it too much, obviously, because they're, they're so different and a day here feels like a month. But um, certainly coming off of a win and having everyone's, everyone's sense of confidence and um, just sense of strength and kind of that bigness and almost swagger that you need to be successful in rugby come through, I think is going to be hugely important on the weekend. Obviously, uh, a lot of pressure on you guys. Somewhat of a, a, a must-win situation. You know, how do you keep that mindset of it just being another game, or, or do you not? No, I think I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we treated this like just another game. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it is rugby, and we want to stick to how we know how to play. But um, I think it's important, and I the team knows that it's important to take kind of the gravity of the situation, um, not so much to to scare us or anything, but to empower us. I think we do well when there's mm-hmm. a little bit of pressure and a little bit of a chip on our shoulders. Um, I think we, we can rise to that occasion. Um, so I think Sunday will be a really good opportunity to hopefully keep moving up um, and improving as we have from Italy to Japan and then hopefully against Canada come Sunday. Yeah. All right, let's go to our first listener. Ryan, good to see you again. Hello, Ryan. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, hey, Mike was uh, messing up. Jenny, hey, I just wanted to uh, first say uh, really proud of you guys, what you guys are doing over there in New Zealand. Um, I think you guys are doing absolutely phenomenal. Um, I just jumped in not too long ago. I'm actually getting ready to go to work right now. But, uh, you know, you guys were talking about the Women's World Cup. Um, and I actually have two questions, Jenny, if you don't mind answering for me. Uh, I do apologize for my voice i'm actually getting over kind of a sinus infection um but the first question i have is you know watching the rug or the women's world cup has been just awesome like there's been nothing but just fantastic matches going on but i feel like it's not getting a lot of coverage like that i would tend to think you know i think a lot of like national networks over in the states are really missing out especially like espn fox sports stuff like that what can we do to build the brand for the women's side just in general and then the second question is because i know you guys are going to be playing canada here in a couple days now i know canada's locked into the quarterfinals what does the usa have to do to make it in, because I know Italy is playing Japan, and we should assume that Italy's probably going to beat them. But what would it take for USA to to clinch that final spot? Uh, yeah, sure. First off, thanks for thanks for calling in. Um, really appreciate it, and really appreciate the support and well wishes. Um, to your second question, if we um, I don't know the exact details of this. I try not to stress myself out too much with it. If we beat Canada, we're going to be in um, because I, regardless of what happens with Italy, Japan, we'll have secured enough points to for sure get one of the third place spots that's available since the top two from each pool go in. And then there's two other spots of the of the next two highest ranking teams. 
So if we get another win, we'll for sure be in one of those three. And then it just becomes kind of a numbers game, whether we tie or we, you know, lose but get a bonus point or lose without getting a bonus point. Then it becomes a little less in our own hands, which is obviously never the situation we want to be in. But that being said, a win for sure, that gets us in. Anything other than that kind of depends on what happens with the other matches in the other pools. And then to your um, first question, uh, you are a thousand percent speaking to the choir here on that. Um, I will say the kind of the press and the support we've been getting here in New Zealand has been unbelievable. I think all of us feel like absolute rock stars. We walk down the street and there are posters and flyers, you know, mentioning the World Cup. People on the street know who we are, which is the craziest and almost scary thing because we're so not used to it. Um, And just, yeah, I mean, every other commercial on TV is rugby, um, whether World Cup or not. Obviously, rugby is much more ingrained into the culture here. To your point about what you know, what you and other fans can do back home, I think is exactly what you're doing, right? So calling in, taking a part in this awesome um, happy hour, just being engaged (laughs) in it, like following women's sports, following rugby, um, talking about it with your friends, encouraging them to watch, you know, it's, it is a shame that the, the channels or the, the ways that you can watch rugby are limited. I think that certainly makes it a barrier to entry, but just the more buzz we can get around it. I think, you know, the, the U.S. is very pro sports. It's just they don't necessarily, not everyone knows that rugby and this high level of rugby is necessarily available. So um, your, your very earnest efforts, I think, um, just keep supporting and spreading the word that really high level elite rugby is out there. And um, it's really cool and it's really fun and more people should be involved. And we're really good. <laughs> hey, thanks, Brian. Uh, and have fun at work tonight. So, uh, you know, speaking of that, Jenny, you, speaking of the Rugby World Cup experience, you, know, you mentioned, um, you know, obviously it's a rugby nation. Um, you know, people recognize you. I mean, this is such a new thing for you or for a lot of women rugby players. Uh, you know, talk more about that experience. I mean, again, we talked about the meat, meat pies earlier. Um, but just like kids, I mean, you have kids walking up to you asking for autographs, anything like that, you know, paint the picture a little more for us. What's it like down there right now? Yeah, certainly. So I think, um, I definitely got, I was privileged enough to get a little taste of kind of this, this buzz about rugby from playing in the Prem this past year with Harlequins. But being here in particular, I think New Zealand and the, the World Cup committee have done, I mean, granted, they've had an extra year to plan, but, um, you know, just, the advertisements around it and the the sponsorship and um, everyone's love for rugby. And I think kind of general love for it's two, it's twofold. They love rugby and they're so happy that their country is open again and that visitors can come. So everyone has just been so welcoming Um, wherever we travel as a team. It's like, you know, it feels like we're a professional, like in the NFL or the NBA or, something like that where we're signing autographs and people are asking us what our experience is like people um, can't really believe the sacrifices we have to make in order to play at the level we do. Um, And 
they're just so happy to share their culture with us and to learn about how we play rugby. Um, and they're just, they're so happy to have us here. It's truly the experience has been so incredible and um, all of us are really, really grateful for it. And you mentioned that level of commitment the players all make. You know, some of them have gone overseas like yourself to play professional rugby or to play rugby even in the, in the Prem 15. You know, a huge commitment, you know, leave family and everything. You know, uh, talk about that that day, really. Let's go back to that day that you found out you were on the World Cup squad. You know, all that hard work paid off. Yeah, so we found out we had a three-week preseason as kind of our last push to make the World Cup squad um, in August. And then at the end of that, we had our individual almost survivor-esque style meetings, finding out kind of what what uh, what the selection was. And I just remember I sat down and Rob just immediately said congratulations and got up to congratulate me. And I just completely broke down. Um, I mean, to, to say that it was a feeling of like both relief and validation, just I, you can't even put it into words really how how just truly years and years of hard work and not just for me, but to, to hear that validation for both myself and all of the people who supported me, my parents, um, my family, my friends, teammates, just, you know, it, it feels like so much, um, just so much, so much joy and so much hard work coming to fruition that, uh, it was a special moment. And I immediately called my parents and then they were crying and I was crying and, (laughs) Um, it was it was definitely something I will I will not soon forget. And just to think, uh, our crack uh, re, uh, you know research staff called Wikipedia um, lets us know that we nearly lost you to Israel. Is that <laughs> is <laughs> well? The, that <laughs> that was um, when I was in high school. I had an opportunity to to potentially go and play for the Israeli soccer team. Oh, um, no. That didn't end up happening, but through through a bunch of other events, I found rugby and uh, not not getting rid of me anytime soon. <laughs> and w- w- would you consider a a quick rise for you? What what year was that when you first started playing rugby? I started playing rugby in 2016. Okay, so um, a few, your your first so cap. yeah, a few years. Um, went by. I know it sounds cliche, but truly in the blink of an eye from when I first. Yeah uh limbered onto a field as a very skinny noodly 18 year old and someone said oh you're gonna be a second row and I said I don't know what that is but yeah let's go for it um to now being slightly less noodly and playing in the world cup it's very surreal now any support from your soccer coaches and I, I only mentioned this because I, I coach soccer as well I, I coached at the varsity level in high school and a couple of my players in the last couple of years are now one of them is playing for UMass uh, another one's playing somewhere else, and they're texting me. I'm I'm so fucking excited for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I've had I've had nothing but um, well wishes and words of support from coaches of whether it be soccer, softball, yeah. basketball. You know, everyone's everyone's just excited, um, and it's been awesome. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Prem 15s, Jenny. Um, How did that move work out for you to Harlequins? Uh, and also, um, I know you're returning there after the World Cup, but do you foresee yourself staying there for a while? Yeah, so, um, you know, as you know, a bunch of a bunch of the 
women on the national team have been fortunate enough to get the opportunity to go and play in the Prem. Um, I got a call in February, I want to say, um, letting me know that they were interested in me. And, you know, hearing that Harlequins was interested in me was a little bit like hearing that the Yankees were interested in me. Um, so I immediately said yes. And I knew that if, if one of the Prem teams wanted me, I would go over there because I, I it would be silly for me to say no to an opportunity like that, especially being one of the younger players. Um, so that transition happened rather quickly. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what, what the future holds. Um, it, you know, probably comes as no surprise that a bunch of us are kind of living month to month or year to year in terms of rugby and life, um, just because you can't really think too far ahead in terms of that stuff. But um, I really love the club. Everyone's been wonderful over there and definitely looking forward to getting back. Any input from Christina Summer about uh, playing for Hawkins? Yeah, no, I mean, she <laughs> she had a, a bit of a short stint over there, but immediately <laughs> when I came over, um, everyone's like, oh, so you know Christine, you know Christine, you know, it's the rugby world is a, quite a small family. So, um, you know, well wishes from her. And it's it's always fun to see another American teammate when you play against them in the prem. That's very cool. Well, you talk more about that. I mean, who have you gone up against where you're, you're wicked excited to see them and just go head to head with them? Um, so... I well, I played against Warriors, but unfortunately, Alicia Washington didn't play in that game. Yeah. Um, and we all go to watch each other too. So the only people I actually got to play against were the what six of us or so that play for Exeter, um, and we played them in the Cup final. And despite despite losing, it was very nice to see them after the game. Um, but it's just cool. I mean, it's always good to see a friendly face, to hear an American accent, as weird as that might sound, is pretty comforting. <laughs> Um, and it's just, it's nice to have that sort of support system while you're in a new country, not really with your family. Um, but to know that we're all supporting each other and and chasing one goal, um, regardless of what team we're on is very cool. And now you don't have to mention any names, but any word where we might have maybe more of the Eagles joining a teams over over there in Prem 15s. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see. (laughs) <laughs> there might there might be some girls on some different teams this year. Okay, I can say that much. I like it. There's a nice tease for everyone. Okay, let's let's run with that. That's good. <laughs> All right, Jenny, we have two more minutes with you. Um, you were working with the Free Jacks at one point, right? Are you done with that? No, uh, I'm still working with them. I'm taking a break while over for the World Cup, but uh, I've been working with them on the community side as well as the marketing side and. They've been super accommodating and um, very supportive of my rugby journey, so it's worked out really well. Yeah, it's great. I love those guys. I love Mags. They got all those guys on the team. They do a great job. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're a good group. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of Magleby, and, I, and I'm bringing this up right now because last week we, um, when we were talking to Hope Rogers, we asked her you know, who someone funny on the team was. Um, and she mentioned a couple of people, but then she mentioned um, someone who does the best impressions. And, of course, she said you. She, <laughs> She says, if you get Jenny on, make sure she does an impression of Rob Kane, which you're going to do in a minute. Sorry. Um, I also want to hear impression of and Alice McElby. we got to do this. What do you got? <laughs> all right. Well, I, I definitely have Rob. So let's yeah. say, um, all right, this is me on, the, on your podcast right now as Rob. <laughs> Hi. 
Thank you so much for having me. We're so happy to be here. Really good podcast, really good work from everyone. Really excited to be here. Um, we've worked really hard and now we just have to execute and enjoy it. Okay, that, that was better than Hope's. Hope, Hope sounded like the queen when she did it. That was much better. <laughs> <laughs> you, re- you really need the hand gestures. That's what really makes yeah, it. Yeah, the same thing. <laughs> and I, uh, really, I, don't, I feel like Gabby. Gabby a good one, right? I don't really have one for Gabby. I got to say, she's one of my best friends on the team, but I don't really have an impression of her, to be honest. Okay. Um, and then Mags, no, I, I wouldn't do Mags dirty like that. Um, I, <laughs> I have truly nothing but good things to say. He's, he's such a pioneer for rugby, for both MLR and the, the things he's doing to work on the women's game. Um, truly nothing but good things to say. And I will not be risking my relationship with him over a half-assed impression. Oh, he'd love it. All right, never mind. Uh, <laughs> all right, hey, Jenny, listen, thank you so much. We're out of time with you. Um, really appreciate this time with you. Good luck this weekend. We're all cheering for you. Yeah, thanks so much. This has been great. Appreciate it. All right, cheers. Thank you.